Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. We're going to be in Psalm chapter 85 this morning, Psalm chapter number 85. The psalmist uh, uh, that wrote this psalm is writing of God's past mercies, and he's rejoicing in what God has done, and he's rejoicing in the blessings that God has given to Israel. I've got a little ring, and if you'll help me with that, and uh, also that clock, if you'll make sure that clock goes on that back wall, Everybody in this room would appreciate that uh, if you'd help me with that so I could find that because I've got about four hours worth of preaching. Um, Yeah. And uh, I've got about uh, not four hours to do it. So Psalm 85, verse number one. Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the, the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all of their sin, Selah. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not... Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us mercy, O Lord, grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. Father in heaven today, I pray, Lord, that you would bless our service as you, Lord, you already have during the time of worship. Lord, I pray that you were pleased. I pray that you were exalted. Lord, I pray that you were honored today. And Lord, I pray that our worship today was a a sweet-smelling savor to you. Lord, we love you. And we're so thankful for your many blessings. Lord, most of all, we're thankful for Jesus Christ for the grace that you've given us through salvation, through Jesus Christ. Lord, we're so thankful. We rejoice. And Lord, we're thankful for this nation, this country that you have blessed us with. And so, Lord, today, as we look at this passage of Scripture, as this psalmist writes, he's looking at your past mercies. He's looking at your blessings. And he's asking you to revive this land once again. And Lord, we can say the same. Lord, we thank you for this country. We thank you for 
the founding of it and the principles, the godly principles, the biblical principles it was founded upon. God, we need a revival. Lord, we need to turn back to you. So Lord, today I pray that you would challenge your people through your word. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Lord, don't let us leave the same way we came in, but revive us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. There's much debate, much debate. And some of you wouldn't, um, wouldn't be in the, uh, the corners of these debates, but there's much debate. And there are some pastors that say this, if you preach a message today about America, then you are, you are going against the word of God. Just stick to the word of God. And, and uh, if you, uh, others say, if you don't mention what is happening in America, then you're not doing your part as a pastor and, and uh, uh, bringing a challenge to the people to come back to God. And the truth of the matter is this, I don't really care what they say. <laughs> I believe that um, we'll preach the book. We'll preach the word. In Psalm 85, we find a, a psalmist that he's remembering God's past mercies. And he's asking God to revive his nation and do it again. I can't help, as I read Psalm 85, to think that that prayer that was good, that psalm that was good for that psalmist has got to be good for us here today as well. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to be an American, and I hope that you're not either. I've traveled this globe. I've been to countries around this globe. And every single time I've traveled, I could not wait to get back home to America. There's just something different about this place. My wife and I were in the Dominican Republic, and... Uh, just the uh, last week or so, and we spent some time with one of our missionaries, and my wife the entire time could not wait to get back to America. She's never been to a third world country before. She's never seen the driving of a third world country before. She learned this, that stoplights are just for, uh, aren't law, they're just if you want to follow them. And they're just suggestions, and, and uh, she couldn't wait to get back. God has blessed this country. The original colonies were founded upon our Christian faith. The, the Mayflower Compact, there were those that came over on the Mayflower, and they came over for one reason. They began this Mayflower Compact with this, in the name of God, amen. For the glory of God and the, the advancement of the Christian faith, they wrote, was their purpose for coming to America. Our Declaration of Independence, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are endowed by their creator. It's written in our Declaration of Independence. 50 of the 55 men who, who framed the Constitution were professing Christians. James Madison, the fourth president of the United States, said this, we have staked the whole future of American civilization, uh, American civilization not upon the power of government. We have staked the future upon the capacity of each and all of us to govern ourselves, to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. 
On July 4th, 1821, John Quincy Adams said this, the highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It can, it, it, it cannot, or it connects in one indissolvable band the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. These are founders of our nation. President Jackson said this, the Bible is the rock on which our republic rest. In 1956, our Congress ad adopted this phrase, in God we trust, and that is now our national motto. See, America had a great Christian beginning. If you were to study history, now, now history is trying to be changed. But America had a great Christian beginning. Our, our national heritage lie, uh, lies in decay today. Our Christian values are in retreat. And we need God in America again. And I would say this to you, church, we need a national revival. We need a nation to turn back to God. Sexual perverseness is permeating our country. The murder of unborn children the, the breakup of, of, the, of the home, the family unit, the obsession of self and materialism is destroying this country. And all of these speak of a society in a wrong direction. We live in a nation that will fine a person $5,000 and put them in jail for one full year for crushing the egg of a bald eagle. And yet in this same nation, a doctor can, can make a pretty handsome living by killing babies in a mother's womb. Something's wrong in America. We need a miracle in America today. We are a, we are a, a, uh, a nation that if something doesn't change, we are in place for a major judgment upon this land. I want you to read again with me in Psalm chapter 85, verse number four. Psalm 85, verse number four, the Bible says this, turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Will thou be angry with us forever? Will thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Will thou not revive us again that thy, thy people may rejoice in thee? This is a prayer for revival. This psalm is a psalm of revival. This psalmist saw that there was a time that God had blessed Israel. What was Israel about? Israel was a place, it was a people that God said, we are going to, to bless. All the nations of the world had turned from God. They began to worship other gods. They, they, no, longer, they no longer would preach and claim and repent and, and turn from their wicked ways, yet they sought to uh, live the lives they sought to live and worship other gods. And God said through Abraham, I am going to rise up a people that will worship me and me alone. This psalmist now finds that this same group, this same people that once had a, had a foundation built upon God, now are turning from God. And Psalm 85 is a 
memory of God's past mercies and a realization that we need God once again. I want you to write this down. The time that I had this morning, I want to give you several, several points here this morning. I want you to see this morning in, in verse number six, wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? That verse caught my attention as I was reading through this. We, we saw what the Lord has done. He has, he has dealt favorably with this nation. He has blessed them, but they've turned from him. And the psalmist says, wilt thou now revive us again? He's begging the Lord, will you revive us again? I want you to write this down, if you would, please. We see, number one, the source of revival. We see the source of revival, and that is this, wilt thou not revive us again. He's saying this, God, the source of revival is found in you and you alone. It's found in you. I want you to know this, church. It is not too late for our world, for our nation to see a revival and come back to God. There are some preachers that'll preach this, that those days are far removed, that we're pretty much just going to have to just buckle down and realize that it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse. And I understand the Bible does say that it's going to get worse in the last days, but the Bible does not say that there cannot be another great revival that could sweep this nation and could sweep this world. The Bible still says that the fields are white unto harvest, but that the labors are few. You know what that tells me? There is ready for a revival to come. The fields are ready for the reaping, but the labors are few. They're not going out and doing the reaping. I believe this, the world is set for a revival. Mankind is walking aimlessly through their life trying to figure things out. But I want to say to you this, as mankind is trying to figure things out, we have the truth and it's found in God's word. God's word is still powerful today. It still changes lives. It still reveals the condition of a man's heart and still gives them the solution to that condition. And that solution is Jesus Christ. It's not too late for our nation to turn back to God. The Bible says, matter of fact, in Romans 5.20, but where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. You know what that means is, where sin was great, God's grace was greater. You say, well, sin is great in our world today. It doesn't matter how great sin becomes. It doesn't matter how dark the path may seem. It doesn't matter how wicked this world gets. God's grace is always greater. It's an insult to God's grace to say that we can't experience revival again. It's an insult to God's grace to say that mankind cannot be saved and, and, and sin is more powerful than God. Let me say this again, but where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. You know, the solution is we must repent and we must experience God's, God's grace. So often we look for the source and we want the source of of things to get better. The source is God. The psalmist here says, with thou, with thou, will thou not revive us? He's saying, God, it's up to you. We, we don't look to a political party to save this nation. 
I've learned this and you've learned this. It doesn't matter what the letter is at the end of their name. They're all corrupt. Amen. Every one of them. I've been dealing with something in our own township for the last week. And, and this is what I've learned. If a politician tells you something, it's a lie. It's a lie. We don't, we don't look to political parties to save us. I say to all parties, whether it's Republican, Democrat, or Independent, we need to repent and get right with God. Yeah. Repent. Verse number six, wilt thou revive us again? We need to turn back to the holiness of God. Is God able? Is God able, church? The answer is yes. Is God mighty, church? The answer is yes. Is God willing, church? The answer is yes. God can save. God can send revival. If we just simply repent and turn back to God, God's able. God's able. Do I need Walter to get up here and preach again? God's able. Sometimes we look at our strength and our condition and we limit God. Listen to me, you're not able and I'm not able, but we serve a God that is able. His grace is sufficient. Verse number six again, wilt thou, wilt thou not revive us again? I love that word again. You know what he's saying? We've seen it before, God, do it again. We've seen your mercies before. We want to experience them again. We've seen of your, your love before. We want to experience your love again. We've seen revival before, Lord. Give it to us again. I love as I read this chapter, it says again, again, again. He's saying, Lord, give us what you gave us once. Give it to us again. And I say today, Lord, give us what you gave us once. Give it to us again. I want you to see the source of revival is God. Secondly, I want you to see in the same, the same verse, wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee. I want you to see the, the subject of this revival is this, that thy people. The source is God. The subject, though, for revival is that thy people, the hope for America lies in her churches and in God's children. I've said this to you time after time after time after time again. We get so upset when lost people act like lost people. That ought not upset us. We ought to understand that. What ought to upset us is when saved people act like lost people. Every neighborhood has that family where, you know, you wish two things, either they would move or their kids would get old real quick and get out. You know what I'm saying? They're just that, just that one family. You know, the kids are in everybody's yard and, 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 and knocking on everyone's door and running. I mean, if there's a problem, you know whose family did it. You know, you know what I'm saying? You know those families? Unfortunately, I think my family's that family on our street. Um, but everyone has those neighbors. And... Um, You know, you can't control someone else. But you can control what happens in your home. You can be right. We want Hollywood to, Hollywood to get right, and we want politicians to get right, and we want evildoers to get right. America is going to experience revival when the church gets right, when God's people get right. 
America's going will will endure when God's people get right with God. The the subject here of this verse is this that thy people that thy people may rejoice in thee. The source of revival is God. Wilt thou not revive us again? But the subject of revival is God's people. And great revival will come when God's people humble themselves and turn from our pride. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Humility. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34 says this, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Oh, listen to me today. We need God's grace. But it doesn't come through pride and conceit. It comes with a humble heart. We need to seek the face of God. I challenge every single father here today, if you want to be a godly father, a godly husband, and you want to lead your home the way God intended you to lead, you must seek the face of God. It comes through humility. It doesn't come through pride. Every single wife today, every single mother today, if you want the godly home that God desires you to have, it comes through humility. Every single Christian today, what we need is less of us and more of God. We need what God desires. We need what God wants. And I I know I'm just like you. I like my way. How many of you like it your way? If you're not raising your hand, you're lying. How many of you like it your your way? You sure do. You sure do. Already today, every, every one of you today have already decided if you like hot weather or you don't. I, I woke up this morning and I saw the weather and I got outside and I was walking across the parking lot and I said this, Lord, I'm so glad that we have air conditioning um, facilities. I'm glad we're not under the tent today. How many of you are glad we're not under the tent today? How many of you remember, I, my kids have pictures of me preaching and it starts right here and just by the end of the service, I'm just soaking wet. I told them that's that S coming out, you know, that Superman I mean, I was drenched. And people would come up, that was great. I love being out under here. You're sitting under with a fan and and enjoying the service. And I'm up there hooting and hollering and preaching, sweating to death. The only thing my wife liked about it, I lost about 20 pounds preaching under the tent. (laughs) We like it our way. We like it when things are our way, but listen to me, we need to get back and humble ourselves. It needs to be God's way. And God's way is not always our way. How many of you, you dislike it when God messes up your plans? We all, we, we all get a little perturbed when God messes up our plans, but we need humility today. In today's world, in America, churches are shrinking. Churches are closing up by the hundreds every week. Christians are walking away from their faith. Christians are deciding that their lust is more important than following God. Oh, listen to me, friends. God doesn't smile at sin. There will never be national repentance without individual repentance. 
We want a nation to turn back to God. It starts with you and with me turning back to God. It starts one by one. It starts with you and me individually saying, God, I want to be right with you. God, I want to seek your face. God, I humbly come before you and your will is what I desire and I want to live your will. That and only then, one by one, will we see revival come. Isn't it amazing? We want everyone else to be right, but we want God to leave us alone. Aren't we quick to point out everybody else's faults? Revival is not us picking out everyone else's faults. Revival is us looking at our heart and saying, God, reveal what you want to reveal. God, forgive. God, God, convict. God, yeah, I want to get right with you. God has sent revival in darker days than this one. And God can do it again. I I thought of the time back in Acts chapter 2, when it seemed dark. It, it, it seemed like the, 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 all hope was gone. The, these disciples had followed a Jesus who claimed to be God, and they watched him crucified, and, and they watched him be buried, and, 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 and persecution has come, and, and one of them has, has, has left and, and, and betrayed Christ and now has died, and they're, they're finding themselves in, a, in an upper room, and they're, they're concerned. They're not sure. What do we do? Where do we go from here? On that day, that day of Pentecost, the disciples got up and they just boldly began to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible said that the Holy Spirit of God came upon them. And all those that were there from all over the known world were there to celebrate Pentecost, began to hear the gospel preached in their language, and they began to hear the truth. In what seemed like a dark day, it seemed like Rome had won. It seemed like the the Pharisees and the Sadducees had won. It seemed like Christianity wasn't even going to get a great start. It seemed like before it even began, it was all over. And on that day, 3,000 souls came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. The New Testament church began. And from that day forward through the book of Acts, the Bible says every single day, others were added to the church. There were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people that came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Apostle Paul, through great difficulty, through great despair, through beating, through being placed in jail, through great persecution from being stoned, he would get on a ship, he would get on a on a, on a road, he'd, he'd go to a city, he'd preach the gospel, and the gospel went to the all the known world, and churches were planted, and people were saved, and a great revival took place in a very dark day in our history, in a very dark day in our world, and the gospel was able to conquer darkness. 
And if you study and you read all through Christianity, all through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, and that moment, from that time forward, there has been time throughout this age and other age, uh, other generations where, where great revivals took place. And entire continents came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior in very dark days. I want to remind you in the days of the beginnings of Christianity, Christians were persecuted and killed for just simply confessing Jesus Christ. Christians were taken alive, dipped in hot oil, placed upon poles in the streets of Rome, lit on fire, and they, the burning bodies of these Christians, were what lit the streets up at Rome at night. Christians were placed and pulled apart by machinery, literally pulled in two. Entire families were taken and beaten and killed in front of their parents. And then the parents were killed just simply for preaching Christianity. Days have been dark in generations previously, and the gospel of Jesus Christ has still shone through. Listen to me today. There's hope. This country is not too far gone that God's grace cannot, cannot save us. There's hope. So we see the source of revival. We see the subject of revival. And then I want you to see this, the signs of revival. Verse number six, the Bible says, Wilt thou? Thou revive us again, that thy people, and look at this, may rejoice in thee. The signs of revival is when people rejoice in God. And there must come a time of weeping. In order for us to rejoice, we've got to take a good look. Our hearts are cold. We must weep over the coldness of our hearts. We must weep over the weakness of our prayers. We must weep over the lostness of our neighbors. We must weep and over in the lack of, 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 of uh, uh, or the ineptness of their, our churches. We must weep in the condition of our homes. We must realize there must be a change. And we need God time of reaping. There must be a time of weeping. There must be a time of we, uh, re- reaping. When, when, when re- great revival comes, a sign of revival is when God's people repent. And then we see a great harvest of souls. You know, what I, you know what I find? I hear two sides. People aren't being saved. And I hear others that, boy, it seems like they're witness and people are saved. You know what I find? Those who are sharing the gospel are seeing people saved. Those that don't share the gospel, they're one saying people don't want to be saved. Now, not everyone you share the gospel with is going to be saved. I'm not saying that. But the more you share the gospel, the more you'll see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. The signs of a great revival is going to be a time of reaping. Souls will come to Jesus Christ We ought to desire great revival. We ought to get right with God because there's people that need to know Christ as your Savior. 
we can't sit silently as a church. We have a truth. And if you are involved and more vocal in something else, more than the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're more vocal about the wrong thing. Our voice ought to be united in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what changes lives. And so we find the signs of revival is rejoicing the God. We'll rejoice through a time of weeping, through a time of reaping, in a time of rejoicing, a burning passion and a love for Jesus Christ. I want to submit to you, church, today, there is hope as long as there is God. And don't be afraid to challenge sin and stand for righteousness. Don't be afraid to stand on God's word. Don't be afraid to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Is it intimidating at times? Yes, but don't be afraid to stand upon the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, I'm done with this. Look with me in verse number seven. I want you to write this down. We find the evidence of revival. Look with me in verse number seven. Show us thy mercy, O Lord. Grant us thy salvation. Verse eight, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For we will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. There's two things I see here. The evidence of revival, number one, is this, I will hear what the Lord will speak. How many of you truly want to hear what God has to say today? See, the evidence of revival is this, God, I want to hear you speak. So often when we're living in a sin, we don't want God to convict us. Listen to me, church. I want to say this as loving as I possibly can and, and as kind as I possibly can. And I say this because I care about every single one of you. Conviction is good for the believer. If you can come under the preaching of God's word and never feel conviction, there's something wrong. Because there's none of us that are perfect here. Matter of fact, right now, everyone, if you're not perfect, raise your hand. Look around. See, some of you thought you came to a place where everyone was perfect. There ain't nobody perfect here. Matter of fact, I put two hands up. And if I could put my feet up, I would there too. I'm not perfect. There's nobody in this room that's perfect. We need a place in 2022 where the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed, where the word of God is preached, where the Holy Spirit of God convicts us. I want to meet with God. When I come to church, I want to meet with God. When my fellow believers come and we open God's word, I want to hear from God. And it doesn't always feel good. But when God begins to convict, you know what the answer is? God, speak, for I'm listening. Speak, because I want to hear. I don't know how to be a good husband, but the Holy Spirit sure has the answers. I don't know how to be a good dad. I'm so glad the Holy Spirit has the answers. I don't know how to be a good pastor, but I'm so glad the Holy Spirit has the answers. I don't know how to be a, a good Christian, but I'm so glad the Holy Spirit has the answer. Conviction is good, church. 
It's evidence that the Spirit of God lives inside of you. Speak, Lord, because I want to hear. And the evidence of revival is verse number eight. I will hear what the God, what God the Lord will speak. What's he have to say? And then I want you to take note to the end of this verse, but let them not turn again to folly. Know what he's saying, the evidence of revival? We don't go back to where we were. We don't go back to where we were. I'm sure many people have come to this altar and you've said, Lord, forgive me of this, forgive me of that. And you get up and not long, you're back doing exactly what you were doing. The evidence of revival is this, Lord, don't let us go back to that. Every single person in this room, including myself, there's things in our life that we wish we wouldn't have done. But by God's grace, we don't have to do them again. You can't change what you've done. Stop living there. And stop going back there. Determined today with God's grace and by the help of the Spirit of God that lives inside of me, I can't change that, but I don't have to return to it. I don't have to keep doing it. The evidence revival is, Lord, speak, I want to hear. And don't let me go back to the place where I was. We need revival, church. And it starts in your heart. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org. And we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.